Let us get going. All right. Today's daf is daf Yud Gimel, page thirteen. And guess what? Bez Hashem will be zeicher to finish the second parak of Masech Tamayid Cotton. Fascinating daf ahead of us. Let us get going. We actually pick up on the bottom of Yud Bez Amud Bez. Uh, we weren't zeicher to finish the entire daf yesterday. We're at the Mishnah, eight lines from the bottom of twelve B. Here we go. Says the Mishnah. Continuation, clarification of the halacha, which is that if there's ever a potential, not a potential, ever a loss, a dabra avid, that malacha becomes allowed. So let's get into the Mishnah. If a person has fruits outside, so usually we say, listen, leave your fruits, don't work your field, what are you doing? But you're scared that there's ganavim, there's a bunch of rabels. Running around, tell you a quick, my son, I do the daf, but has to do with robbers, about my Zaydi Isaac, my father's father, who was a Talmud of the Hilgah Chavetz Chaim. He got kicked out of Yeshiva uh, of Radin for a day and then was allowed back in. But that story is for a different time uh, with uh, three other Chaberim. But be it as it may, um, he was the Rav of the Kamenetz Rashul and also the Rashiva of RJJ for a number of years. So he used to um, pull. Uh, you know, pull the clergy pass uh, very often when the cops would ever pull him over while he was driving or if he, if he parked uh, in a place he shouldn't park. So one time he got pulled over by a cop and the, the cop asked him for licenses and registration. So he, he, he w- didn't have a strong English. So he was trying to say that I'm a rabbi but he was saying it like in between English and, and Yiddish, Rabbiner. So instead he tells the cop, Ich bin a Raber. I'm a Raber. The cop's like, you're a robber? He says, yo, I'm a Raber. <laughs> Until finally they clarified. He's like, why are you telling me you're a robber? <laughs> Until finally they figured that out. All right, so you're scared of robbers. You got your fruits to bring in. Okay. V'shayla pishtonim in Amishra. And you're allowed to lift up your flax from the Mishnah, from the place where it's soaking, so that you don't lose out. There's a condition here. And the condition here is that you have to have, your, your intention was not to do this. You can't intend to do it. And if you ever davka specifically, wait till Cholamayi to do these things when you could have done it. Otherwise, it's not an excuse. And type do, you allow it to be lost. What does it mean to be lost? Rashi says, you're not allowed to get any benefit from that work. You brought it into your house, Naza. Stay away from that fruit. Mm-hmm. Nothing positive is going to come from it. This is a theme that we're going to find on Dafir Gimel. Very important theme. Something that we learned recently in Parsha's bow. When Paris tries to outsmart the Rebbeinu Shalom, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, all my miracles, all my plagues, you should notice, Esasher hisalalti b'mitzrayim, I made a laughing stock out of Paray. You're trying to outsmart the Rebbeinu Shalom, it's not the way it works. If you want to see bracha, here's the bottom line, it's more than a question of mutter and nasser, it is, is this what the Rebbeinu Shalom wants me to do or not? If the Rebbeinu Shalom wants me to do this, I will see Hatzlacha with it. And if it's not, the Rabbi does not want me to do it this way, there will, you won't find bracha. Very nice. You manipulated, you figured out, had a guy, a little more money, a little this. 
it's, if it's not done, I'll pee derech the Ratzon Hashem, the way that Hashem wants, there will, you're not going to see bracha. Okay, here we go. Says the Gemara. Tana, we learned in the Bible, Vad, Shayach, Nisem, Betzinah, Lesech, Besay. Even when you're bringing it inside your house of Cholamayid because you don't want to take a loss, you have to do it, Betzinah. You got to do it with Tznias, with modesty, with privacy. Rabbi Yosef, Havalei, Kshure. Rabbi Yosef had a lot of beams. He brought them into his house. He says, Vatanev, learned in Rebraiso. Ubevach, Yachrisim, Betzinah, Besech, Besay. Amalei, he says, Sinah, Dani, Yamamu. He says, no, this is what we ended off with yesterday. He says that um, it was it's actually more private to do during the day. Because if I do it at night, keep on to Belilah, boy, Gavri, Yaseri. If I do it at night, I got to get a whole Hevra, you need a, a lot more people. Uboy, Meduchri, Denura, Avsha, Milsa, and therefore there's a, people are going to have to hold the torches. It's a much bigger to do. And therefore, the way that I'm doing it is actually more proper. Okay, that's, that was a repetition of the mission in the Gemara. Now we're up to the two dots. Two lines from the bottom of Yud Bey's Ahmed Bey's. Here we go. You're allowed to lift up your flax from the soaking. Okay, on because otherwise you're going to take a financial loss. Jeremy has to Shaila searching for information from Umes. Let's say a person had Kavana to do work of Cholamai, which he wasn't allowed to do. Umes. And he died. Do we knas his sons? Remember, the Mishnah says, if you intend to do malach on cholamayid, you're not allowed to plan for it. And if you do, you kind of get fined, right? You don't make any use of it. Is that true for the children that inherit this situation? The father uh, planned for work to be done on cholamayid, so he is fine, he's not allowed to benefit from it. What about the children? Should they stay away from it too? Says the Gemara, Imtim, so if you want to say, top of today's daf, you'd give Muhammad Alev, Tzara, Maizim, Bechar. When it comes to the situation, when you have a Bechar animal, not every animal has Kedusha, but we're talking about a type of animal that is a firstborn with a Bechar, and you purposely, you purposely cut the ear. Why? Because a Bechar that now has a mum it's more permitted to do various activities with it, right? So you want it to have a mum. See, guy did it on purpose. He's a shtikmacher, we'll call him. There the Rabbana say, listen, not only are you not allowed to use the animal for other things, but your children can't either. Mishum di Yisur Daraisa. There, we're dealing with Yisur and Daraisa, biblical transgressions. You're going to say, Even if somebody sends, uh, sells his uh, servants, to a non-Jew and dies, we also uh, give a knas, give a fine to his children. All, there I'll say as well, every day that this Eva Kanani is not owned by a Yid, he's separated from mitzvahs, which he would have been able to perform were he to be owned by a Jew. Okay, so we know, says the Gemara, we know that when it comes to purposely cutting the ear of a firstborn animal, that that knas applies to the children. We know when it comes to selling a non-Jewish servant that's owned by a Jew to a non-Jew also. We, we knas, we fine, the, the fine continues on to the children. But hachamai, in our situation, when the father planned for work to be done a Cholomite, which he was not allowed to do, and then he kicks the bucket, what's the halacha? Gavra konas de did the Rabbanan fine the person for planning it? And he's not here. He's now six feet under or maybe maybe the Rabbanan are finding his estate. 
right? His value, his, uh, his money, his value, va'isei, and his property had value gain, had a gain in value on Cholomayin, memela, it should extend to the children. That is the question that we have over here. Again, this is not a challenging question, this is a challenge searching for clarity. Here we go. Omar Lay. So, Rav Zeyra says back, Tinisua, we learned in a mission. If you have a field that was cleared out during Shemitah, you're still allowed to plant the, uh, during the eighth year, even though there's a gain from the work that was done during Shemitah. But let's say he fertilized it, or he purposely brought the animals together so that it'll naturally be fertilized. He had all the animals live on that field so that he, you can have fertilization. Um, then, you're not allowed to plant in the eighth year, because you actively went ahead during Shemitah and enhanced the land. You're not allowed to do that. Therefore, we find you and we say, no, you will not gain from this land. says, we have a Messiah, we have a tradition. Let's say the owner did such a thing by enhancing his field and he dies. He can't plant the eighth year, but now that he died, his kids are permitted to do it. Alma, you see, but the children don't have the fine. Uh, so maybe we should the same logic over here when the father planned work to be done which he was not allowed to do, will knas him and say he's not allowed to benefit from this transgression. But the but the children should be allowed to gain from this work that was done on Cholam Hayed. Beautiful. Abai. Abai says, Naktinan, we also have a Messiah. Uh, okay, so we're sticking with that right now. I mean, right now what we're sticking with is that the children are not going to be fined for work that the father did on Cholam Hayed. Amr Abai says, Naktinan, we also have a Messiah. If a person made his taharos, things that were meant to be pure and kept pure, but they became Tomei, not allowed to do. Umei said he died. We don't knas his children after him. Okay? So, says the Gemara, my time. Why is it that the sons don't uh, have to take a loss? Damage, which is not recognizable, is not called damage. What do you mean it's not recognizable? Do you know the difference between a Tahar or Tomei person? No. Do you want to do the difference between tahar or tamay food? No. It's not noticeable. So something that just became tamay, tahara that became tamay by the father, we're not going to cast the kids. It's not a recognizable loss. But not the children. Bottom line, what do you see from here? Two different proofs. That when it comes to a dindarabana, when it comes to a rabbinical transgression, that the Rabbanon say to you, you're not allowed to do that. And if you do it, we're going to make sure you have no gain. That's talking about the actual person who transgressed. But their offspring, their children do not fall into that. Um, they're not penalized in that way. And they are permitted to gain. Period. End of the Gemara. Next, Mishnah. We have a number of Mishnayis on today's daf. Here we go. You're not allowed to buy a house, a servant, or an animal, unless you need it for yomtif. I don't have a place to eat. I don't have a roof over my head. Somebody's house burns down. Now they need to go rent another house 
or quickly buy, uh, you know, buy a little house to live in. You need a fayamtif, Or, similar to what we said yesterday, and that is if the seller doesn't have any money, he, therefore he doesn't have any food for yamtif, and he desperately needs to make a sale, because owning a shed is not going to help him put food on the table. But selling the shed and getting $1,000 for it will help him. You're allowed on Cha'olamayid to buy the shed from him to allow, even though for me, I, I can't buy it yet. Because since you're allowing him to, to now have money for Yom Tif, that's also allowed. I, the same question we asked yesterday, give him tzedakah. Right? What do we answer? It's bigger tzedakah to let somebody just give you a sale Earn a good living. To pay somebody for work if he doesn't have any money to, eat, to buy food to eat. Ma'u, what is the halacha? Okay, we know you're, if somebody needs to make a sale, you can give him money. What about if he needs to work? Amarlay, he says, yeah, listen, remember we learned, Tanina, we learned in our Mishnah. If the seller needs money, What's it coming to include? Isn't it coming to include a worker? Yeah, if usually people can't work, but let's say you need to work. You need to work to earn a living. So another Yid's allowed to hire you. Amar Lay says to him, Maybe it's just one's explaining the other. It doesn't necessarily mean that a worker is like a seller, and therefore maybe the Allah is different. So Eisvei Abaye, Abaye says to Rav Nachman, one second, what are you talking about? Um, I'm sorry, uh, yeah, I'm sorry, Abai says to Rava, what are you talking about? Let me explain something to you. You're not allowed to write You can't write IOUs on However, However, if the person you're in this transaction with is not, you don't trust them. You don't trust them. You're not just going to lend them money or borrow money. They, they play around. They're players. Okay? Then you are permitted to write. Are we dealing with a sale over here? No, there's no sale. So, what does it mean? You can only do this if he doesn't have any, any food to eat. Isn't it coming to include an hourly wage of a person? You're talking about to hire somebody. No, we talk of a good proof. And this is the halacha that we learned yesterday, right? You're allowed to hire somebody to work for you um, daily. Or by the hour on Cholamayit. I not work on Cholamayit. The guy needs money. Let him earn an honest living. Meisav Rav Sheshes. Rav Sheshes asked a challenging question. Listen to this. There's three specialties. Three umnoyes. Three special crafts. That you're allowed on Erev Pesach to do these things until Chatzais. Okay. What does it mean you're allowed to do these things until Chatzais? So the, we learned in Psachim, on Erev Pesach, there's different minhagim about whether you're allowed to work until Chatzais or not work at all. Over here we're talking about a place where the minhag was where they didn't work at all. That's where we're saying these three particular type of crafts are allowed. Okay, what are they? Achayotim, tailors, achayat, vahasaparim, Haircutters, barbers, and those who do laundry. Okay? Now, says the Brysa. Hachayotim, the tailor, 
right? We know a hedyite is allowed to even sow on cholamayit. So it's a type of action which, at least until midday, is allowed. What about barbers and those who are laundromats? Yeah, people do your laundry. They need to be open also. You know why? Because some people are coming from far away or they're let out of prison before, right before Yantif. They're also allowed to take care of themselves on Cholamayid. And if it's allowed on Cholamayid, it certainly should be allowed on Erev Pesach, which is more lenient. Now, the Esau and if you're going to say, that to pay somebody doesn't mean to eat, why do we only say in the price of these three crafts? We should say any craft you're allowed to do until Chatzais, as long as you need the money. Ah, get the cash. Why are we only saying in the Mishnah these three crafts are allowed to do because of Malaga Cholamayid? Really, anything could be done as long as the guy needs money, Frek the Gemara. All right? Says the Gemara, one second. We get your question. We understand. However, we are now going to ask a challenging question on your challenging question. And get ready. Maskifla Rav Papa. Rav Papa asked a challenging question on Rav Sheshesh's Maisif. Elamayata. He says, one second, Rav Sheshesh, according to you, Binyan Lishtri. Why don't we say you could even build buildings? We know. If you have a wall that's leaning into a public domain and it is causing possible danger to somebody, people could get hurt. What's the halacha? You're allowed to take it down and rebuild it. And we don't list that in the Mishnah. Okay? One second. You can't just do things, unless the halacha is, you can do it. So you see that Rav Sheshis's whole halacha, that, oh, whenever there's going to be a possibility for it to be mutter, it should be listed. No, you don't find that. Okay? Mask of Ravina. And Ravina is going to ask another challenge on Rav Sheshis's maisiv, on Rav Sheshis's challenge. He says, Elamiyata Rav Sheshis. According to you, that whenever there's a possibility to do something on Cholamayid, you should be allowed to do it on uh, before Chatzayz and Erev Pesach. Lavlar Lishtri. You should even allow, we should say, you know what craft is allowed? Lavlar. Somebody who writes documents. Shekin Kaisim Kedushin Nashim Gittin Vishayvrim. The halacha is that on Cholamayid, you're allowed to write a, um, you're allowed to be Mekadesh women, you're allowed to write a get. Vishaiver, you could even give a receipt on a repaid, right, if something's paid up. So again, what do you see from here? There's many times where things are forbidden, but under certain circumstances allowed on Cholamayid, and none of these are listed in the Mishnah. According to you, anything that's not listed in the Mishnah, all of a sudden is out the window. No, you must be wrong. Elamaravashi. Rather, Ravashi says, let me explain. Last step before the Mishnah. Says Ravashi, here, let me give you the bottom line. What's going on over here? Here's what's happening. The problem with Rav Sheshas is that he's trying to compare the halacha of Cholamayid to Erev Pesach. Well, guess what? Mayid, on Cholamayid, you know why things are not allowed to be done? Mishum tirchahu. Because of effort. It's yamtif. Chol hamoid is a yamtif. Are you allowed to, to take away from your Simchas Yamtiv? No. 
That's the problem, Achalamayid. Ubumakam say the Shara Rabbanan. But the Rabbanan say, listen, if it's going to cause you a loss of money, a loss of principle, then we'll say, you can put in that effort. Arba Asar, but on Erev Pesach, Mishum Tzarech Yomtefu. The reason why you're not allowed to do Malach on Erev Pesach is not because it's Pesach, it's not because it's Yomtef, but we need to make sure you don't work so that you make the proper preparations for Yomtef. You need time. There's only 24 hours in a day. You can't go to work and also have a yomtiv. Okay? Midi yomtiv So something that's needed for the yomtiv, the rabbanan allow it. You hear? For example, a tailor, a bob. Why are you getting your suit tailored? Why are you getting a haircut? The yomtiv. Oh, so say, listen, the whole prohibition of Yomtev is so you can prepare for Yomtev. This is part of Yomtev preparation. Meridik. But something that, the, that you don't need for Yomtev, the Rabbanon did not allow it. Okay? We thought, and I never understood this expression, but we thought, you can't have your cake and eat it too. I never understood that because then why do I want the cake? Right? You can't if you don't if you can't eat it. Why do you want the cake? I don't know. You're right. It's it's like the it's like it's like the cake set the bar mitzvah that no one's allowed to start eating. Right? Maybe that's what they're talking about. But over here we're saying no. The, the, the you're misunderstanding the transgression, and therefore what we're saying to Rav Sheshis is don't start comparing Erev Pesach to Chalamayid. Each one has its own parameters because of the reason why Malacha is forbidden. Period. End of the Gemara. Now to the next mission. Next mission, let's keep going. You're not allowed to clear out from one house to another house. Meaning you're not allowed to schlep. You can't, you can't schlep things from one house to another house. Now, as we get into the Gemara, we're going to see that there's a distance between these two houses. They don't share a courtyard. Okay. You're allowed to bring your stuff out to the courtyard. Okay? Now... Initially, this might seem like it needs clarification. The Gemara is going to ask, why are you not allowed to move from one house to another, but why are you allowed to move to your courtyard, to a courtyard? And the Gemara is just going to explain simply, we could just get into this now, it's your courtyard, so it's easier. It's not a big tircha. You're, just left, you're taking it from your house to your courtyard. As opposed to one house to another house, it's outside your courtyard. It's a much further distance. Okay. You're also not allowed to bring vessels from... A from a the store of a craftsman. Okay, on Cholamoid, you're not let to bring vessels from the store of a craftsman. There, beautiful. However, if by leaving your thing in the house of a craftsman, you're nervous, it's going to get lost. So now we're dealing with a davar ha'aved, a potential loss of principle. Then mefanin lechater acheretz. You're allowed to take your article out of the house of this craftsman. Call him a tailor. You're allowed to take your suit from the tailor and bring it to a safe location. Interestingly, it doesn't say bring it all the way to your house. What does it say? Bring it to a different courtyard. The Gemara is going to explain. Bring it to the nearest safe place for, you know, for uh, whatever you need. Okay. Gavaldin. Says the Gemara. Just for clarification. The Gemara says one second. In the beginning of the mission, we said you can't move your, your couch from one house 
to uh, you, you can't move your couch at all. So um, why are you telling me that I can move it to a chatzir? The Gemara answers simply as we explained on Rabaye, Seifa Asan Lebayez Sheba Chatzir. Yeah, because when we say you could move it from your house, it means the house to your backyard, to your courtyard. That's when it's allowed. Where is it not allowed to completely move from one domain to another? Okay, that was clarification, which we got in the Mishnah. You're not allowed to take vessels from the house of a craftsman. that I own, I give fabric to a tailor. Can I pick up my suit? He did the work before Cholamayit. He did the work before Yom Tif. Can I show up on Cholamayit and pick up my new suit? Said the Mishnah, no. Unless you're concerned that it's going to get stolen. Because then it's Dabr Ha'avid. Ask the Gemara for clarification. Amr of Papa. Papa says, one second. Badiklan Rava. Rava was checking us out. What does he mean he's checking us out? He said a statement and he wanted to know if we'd be able to figure out the following, call it, Riddle, trivia. And he said like this. Tanah we learned in a Mishnah. You cannot bring your kalim, your vessels from the house of a craftsman. But I'll ask you a contradiction to this statement. You're telling me I cannot? One second. The Mishnah says, You're allowed to bring and remove vessels from the house of a craftsman. Even if you don't need it for Yom I, he asks his Talmidim in order to test them to see how their minds are working. What do you mean? How does this work? One Mishnah says you're not allowed to take from a house of a craftsman. That's over here. But in Psachim it says you're allowed to bring and take from the house of a craftsman. Contradiction. No, my, my beloved Talmidim, give me an answer. So, Rav Papa says, we gave... Rava, two possible answers. And this is how we answered him. Vishanin Allah, and we responded to him, we answered him. Kan barba osar, kan Beautiful. In Pesach, on Pesach, when we say you're allowed to bring and take from the house of a craftsman, that's not talking about Cholomai, it's talking about Erev Pesach. But over here in our Mishnah, when you're not allowed to take from the house of a craftsman, that's on Cholomai. That's one possible answer. Iba Yisema, another possible answer we gave is, both Mishnayas here and Imsachim are dealing with Cholamayid. But Khan over here, where we do not allow you to take it from the house of a craftsman, Bimaminoi, you trust the craftsman. You're not concerned it's going to be stolen. So what right do you have to take it from his place? All you're asking for is trouble because it looks like, it looks like you asked him to do the malacha on Cholamayid as well. Doesn't look good. And therefore, leave it. However, the Mishnah in Psachim, which says you're allowed to bring and take from a house of a craftsman, is when you don't trust the guy. Okay? When you don't trust the guy, so now you're allowed to take it. Why? Because it's a potential loss of principle. Vahatanya, and I'll prove to you that this is true. The Brisa says, you're top of Omid base. You're allowed to bring vessels from the house of a craftsman. For example, you could bring a pitcher from the one who makes pitchers. The kais and a cup mi beis azagog from the one who makes the, the makes the glass cups. You cannot take wool from the place where it is dyed. Or vessels from the house of a craftsman. And if the craftsman needs the business, 
in order to have food for Yomtev, so then you pay him. And you leave it with him. But if you don't trust him, you take it from his house and bring it to a safe place. And if you're concerned that it might be stolen, you let him move it to somewhere else where it's safe. If the, let's say you don't trust the craftsman by leaving it anywhere, you can bring it privately into your house. Bottom line is, you see from this brisa a proof that if you don't trust the uman, if you don't trust the craftsman, you're permitted to take the vessel from his house and bring it to your house. Okay, so, says Rav Papa, Rava tried sharpening us by asking us a contradiction between our Mishnah here and our Mishnah in Psachim, and we gave him two possible answers. Again, answer number one was Psachim, which you were allowed, was talking about Erev Pesach, and over here we are not allowed as Cholamayid. The second answer was, it's both Cholamayid, but it depends if you trust the guy. Says the Gemara, by the way, Taratzda Mevian, this works very well as an answer as far as who's allowed to take the vessel from the house of the craftsman. Diktani ein Mevian, you cannot bring it in our Mishnah. You cannot bring it from the house of the craftsman. Vikoshkein she'ein malichin. Ask the Gemara a very basic question. Impsachim. It says you're permitted to bring and take from the house of the craftsman. Now, one second. If we're dealing with Cholamoid and you don't trust the guy, why are you bringing it to him in the first place? Why'd you bring it? Ella, rather, that answer must be wrong. Huh? Why are you doing business with this guy? Oh, okay. Uh, you bring this, you're bringing it to him to fix him and you're crushing him. No. Okay, maybe you'll stay with him. Good question. Good question. Maybe you'll stay with him. You're bringing your, your, your suit to get tailored on Cholamaid. You know, right? You stand there and watch him yeah, exactly. But to everybody else, all they see is you walked in and you walked out. You walked in, you brought it to the craftsman, and you walked out by taking it from the Everybody else, it just looks like you did something, uh, you, you know, you had this work done. Why'd you do it? Why'd you bring it in the first place? Period. Rather, this answer must be wrong. It's not a good answer to give to Rava on the contradiction. And the answer must be that it depends. The Mishnah in Psachim, which allows you to take it, is talking about Erev Pesach. And the Mishnah here that does not allow is dealing with Chol Hamoed. Period. End of that Gemara and the explanation of the Mishnah. Okay. We now begin the... Final Mishnah in our Perak. We're going to be Zeichet to finish. All right. This is smooth sailing right here. Fascinating stuff. These are all concepts that we're familiar with. All right. Let's get going. Says the Mishnah. If you have figs that are laid out to dry, you are permitted to cover them with straw. Because if you don't cover them with straw, they could get wet and they could get ruined. And if it gets ruined... It's a davar ha'aved, it's a loss. You don't need to take a loss, so you're allowed to cover it. Okay? Fine. The Buddha Rebuda says, Af ma'avin. You can even make it ove. You can even make it thick. The Gemara is going to ask, what are you making thick? The straw? Or piling the figs together, which is even more work than the straw. So the Gemara has to clarify what Rabbi Yehuda is allowing us to thicken. Very important halacha, 
And that is, people who sell fruit, clothing, and vessels are permitted to make the sale, but only bitsina on Chalamayit. So if you own a clothing store, if you own a clothing store, and somebody, you're not open, we're not open for business in Chalamayit. But people may need clothing, socks, a dress, a suit for yamtif, a tie, a shirt. They need it for the yamtif itself. You're permitted to sell to them. But when you do it, it should be done modestly, privately. Off to the side. Hatsayadin, those who trap. And those who thresh. Now keep in mind, what are you trapping? Animals and fish. This is things that people use on yamtif. What are you threshing? Grain. People use this on Yomtev. Vagraisais, those who grind up beans. Aisim betzina l'tzarech hamed. You're allowed to do work. But when you do it, it should be done. Still a hate. It should be done quiet. Not making a big to-do out of this. All right? So you're doing business. It's permitted because it's needed for the holiday. But quiet. Rabbi Yossi Omer, Rabbi Yossi says, Hey mechmiro alatzmam. These people that we just mentioned, the trappers, the grinders, the... They're machmir on themselves. They're strict on themselves. Now, about what? About what? The Gemara is going to ask what needs clarification. The Gemara later on is going to ask, they're strict on themselves to do it privately? Or does it mean they're strict on themselves to not be open for business at all? Which, by the way, would be a potential problem, as we're going to see. Because if they're permitted to be open for business, so people could have food for the holiday, and they're machmir, you know what's going to happen? People won't have food for the holiday. What right do you have to be strict on so, well, uh, and now somebody else doesn't have food for Yom Tif? So that's a fascinating thing to think about. Sometimes we think we're being so religious, right? We're being so strict at doing the right thing and really it's a transgression, right? It's, it's uh, really, it's, it's not allowed. Okay. Pligi bar Rav Chiyah bar Abba bar Ravasi. Rav Chiyah bar Abba and Ravasi have a machlokas. With Ravai Meshveit the Chizkiah of Rabbi Yechonon, each of them is quoting Chizkiah and Rabbi Yechonon. Chad Amar Mechapin Akluche. One says that that uh, you're permitted to cover over the figs lightly. Ma'avin Asmuche. And you know what make it thick means? When a beauty says make it thick, it means to put a lot of straw in it. Another opinion is no. That covering it means either a lot of straw or a little bit of straw. However you want to cover your figs is fine. But ma'avein means oso so kri. You make the, the figs into a pile which is much bigger tircha. There's a lot more labor. So even over there, such a thing would be allowed. Tanamayachi learned in her brisa like the second opinion that ma'avin oso sokimenkri. That what does it mean that you're allowed to make it thick? You're allowed to cover it thick on cholamoi. That means to make the figs thick, to pile all the figs together, which is a big act of labor. Um, Divrei Rabbi Yehuda, which is the words of Rabbi Yehuda in our Mishnah. Period. Okay, so what do we just do in the Gemara? We clarified. The, the Mishnah had said, you lay out your figs to dry, you're allowed to cover it with straw. Rabbi Yehuda says, you could pile it up thick. What does that mean? It mean? Everyone's in agreement you could put on straw. Rabbi Yehuda says, not only are you allowed to put on a lot of straw, you can even work all the figs together into a thick pile, and even that is permitted on Cholamoid. Okay. If you sell things that people need for the holiday, for example, fruits, 
uh, clothing, vessels, you could sell them, but you do it privately. And then at the end of the Mishnah, Rabbi Yaisi said, but all these people are strict on themselves. See, they asked the question, searching for information. What does it mean that they were strict on themselves? doesn't mean they were strict on themselves. That they didn't work at all. They just shut down shop. Or maybe, it doesn't mean they were strict on themselves to always work privately. Okay? It's a good shayla. It's not clear in the Mishnah. Okay. So they did a bitsina, they did it privately, or does it mean they didn't do melacha at all? That, that is the shayla that we have over here. Very good. Rabiel's asking if somebody, if a Jewish person would own the local supermarket to, and you want to buy fruit, is it the back door? So that's a very good question for clarification. Lahalacha, this is only talking about small time. Uh, type of of marketplace type of deals, but it's not dealing with an open supermarket. No, that would be it. Would actually be halachically okay to for a public supermarket uh, to remain open on uh, on Yamtif. Okay, but we're dealing with the uh, where where the derech was the way it was for people to do uh, more quietly. We're dealing with let's say a street vendor type of guy. So you shouldn't go out there screaming your wares on Cholamayit. You, you do it more quietly. Okay. But here's the shayla. Were they machmir to not do business at all? Do it privately. Tashma, come and listen. People who sell fruit, clothing, vessels, could do it quietly as long as you need it for Yom Tif. says, Tagare Tveria, the Tagarim of Tveria, those who do business in Tveria, they were strict on themselves, they didn't do business at all. Those who trap wild animals, birds, and fish. I'm sorry, they're allowed to do all these trappings and their dealings quietly. The Tzarech Hamayit, as long as needed for Yom Tifri, basically, says, Tzadu Akai, the trappers of the city of Akko, Heinachemir Alas, and they were strict on themselves, so you would something like they wouldn't trap at all. The Shushe Chilka, those who would thresh, Chilka, Targis, Vitisni, these are three, diff- these are three different names, the Gemara is going to soon clarify whether it's all wheat that was just cut up differently or whether it's different types of things. So hold on, let's just translate it. Those who would thresh, Chilka, Targis, and Tisni, Daishashim, Bitsina, they are permitted to thresh privately. Litzarech Hamayit, as long as they for Yom Tifri, basically says as well, those who would those who would thresh in Tsipai, they'd be strict on themselves to not thresh at all. So you see from over here, from this Brisa, that when Rabyosi says that they're strict, it doesn't mean strict to do it modestly. It means strict to not do it at all. Amr Abaye, Abaye says, one second, I just want to clarify all these things that were just mentioned. Chilka Chada Litarti. Chilka grain, when you thresh the chilka, that means you, the, the way you thresh it is by cutting it in half. You make it into two. Targis, targis is threshed, chadalitlas. When you take one kernel and you break it into three parts, tisane, and to thresh things tisane, arba is to break the wheat kernel into four parts. Make it into quarters. Kiyasa Revdimi Omar, Revdimi said no, kunta. Chilka is made from spelt. It's not a type of wheat. It's a type of, of spelt. Okay. 
Bottom line is we got our answer. Okay, the answer was, what does it mean that you are, that these people were strict on themselves? It means they shut down. They didn't do business at all. But now that we brought this down to prove that they didn't do business at all, the Gemara now is just going to focus on the Brisa, which uh, gave us all these statements. And we just explained what Chilka, Targis, and Tisone is. Basically, that's a challenging question. Chilka, Targis, and Tisone, Tmeim, Bechomakim. The Mishnah says, Chilka, Targis, and Tisone are capable of becoming Tamei no matter where it is located. No matter where it's located, it's capable of becoming Tamei. Okay. Now, Something is only capable, a food is only capable of becoming impure if it came into contact with one of the seven liquids. Water, dew, wine, oil, honey, milk, blood. Okay? If it comes into contact with one of those liquids, it's now capable of becoming tummy. It's fascinating. If the food never touched one of these seven liquids, and it could touch... A corpse, that food is not impure. Food only becomes impure when it first touches one of these seven liquids. Now it's capable of becoming tummy. Okay. Makes sense if, if uh, grinding them down, threshing them down means one, two, three, or four. That's why it could become tummy any place. Why? Because they are wet, they're soaked. And now that they're soaked, no matter where you find them, it's capable of becoming tummy. But if you say that that chilka uh, is kusna is spelt how do you know that it's for sure capable of becoming tummy? It was never made ready to become tummy. There's no liquids involved in the in the early process. Says the Gemara. No. What are you saying? You're saying that it be, if, it, if it's wet, if it's wet. It could become tummy if it's not wet. It's not tummy. Uh, so Rabiel is asking if is it only able to become tummy if it's wet? No, that's not what we're saying. It doesn't need to be wet now, but it has to have previously at some point touched a wetness from one of these seven liquids. Even if it's totally dry now, if a month ago, a day ago, an hour ago, it was wet, now from here on forth, it's capable of becoming tummy. That's the halacha. Okay? So, so what's this we're talking about splitting them up? What does that have to do with so, uh, so when you the, the way that the process worked, when they would take a wheat kernel and split it up, is in order to do that, in order to take your wheat and split it into two or three or four, before they did that, they would soak it in water. That was how it was done. So by definition, if you hold that these things are all different types of grinding, so now we know that they're all capable of becoming Tameh, and the statement that no matter what, where, when, how, it's, it's Tameh makes a lot of sense. But according to the opinion of Rav Dimi, who says that Chilka is spelt, it's not crushed up wheat, who says it's capable of becoming Tameh? Okay. They never touched water. So on this, the Gemara answers, Kegain de Mekalfan. We're dealing with spelt that the shell was taken out and what the pro- that process as well was necessary what? to have a liquid. Why? Because if it had not been soaked in water, you would not have been able to take out the shell. 
Why is spelt called chilka? Because they become very smooth once you take off the outer shell. Maysfei, that's a challenging question. How can you tell me chilka is spelt? A person who makes a vow, I'm not eating any grain. Usher, you're not allowed to eat. Even a dry Egyptian bean is called a grain. However, if it's moist, if it's wet, then you're allowed to eat it. It's not called a bean. And you're allowed to eat iris, which you know to be rice or millet. You can eat it. Even though you said... I'm not eating grain. One second. If you say that chilka is all wheat and it just depends how much you're crushing it up, it makes sense why you're not allowed to eat from it. It's all grain. That's part of your vow. Okay? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Just the opposite. If you tell, when you crush it into smaller pieces, it's no longer called dagan. Now it's called flour. So when you when you make a vow, you're not going to have any of the hard grain. Once you break it down, now it should be allowed. It lost the name Dogon. But if you say that Chilka is a spelt, but not necessarily crushed down, Dogon Malyuhu, it's now still in the category of grain. So how's Rav Dimi going to work out with this brisa? Says the Gemara Kasha. We have a good question on Rav Dimi. It doesn't say necessarily that we blew him out of the water. But we don't need to follow his opinion. Okay. Period. Even though there's no period here in the Gemara. The Gemara is now going to end with a... Going back to the original topic. Which is doing sales on Cholamayit. Rav Huna allowed those who sold spices. To go... To sell ki or chayhu in their oirech, in their usual way, bishuka in the marketplace. Okay, it is. So says the Gemara, a, a story kind of, a st- uh, you know, an incident. Rav Huna told those who sold spices that on Cholamayid you could go to the marketplace in the usual fashion, sell your spices. Okay. Eisvei Rav Kahana. Rav Kahana challenged this. And he says, one second. If let's say you have a, a chanos, if you have a full-fledged store that is set up to go out to the public street. Okay? Goes out to the public street. The is, I'm sorry, not, not straight to the street, to a place where people sit down. The is, you can open your store on Cholomayid, v'noyel kedarkai. You open it, close it in the usual way. Why? Because it's not fully out in the open. Psuchel or Shesram, but let's say your store, Mamish, opens up to the street. Then, Paiseach achas, v'noyel achas. You got to keep your doors half open. Don't open your door full throttle like we're open for business. Yeah, open it, put a little uh, wedge so people know that you're not locked. But it shouldn't be like a whole, like we're open publicly. One door open, one door closed. Okay. The Erev Yom Shochag. However, on the last day of Yom Okay, what do you mean the last day of Yom 
this is called um, this is called Hashanah Rabbah. All right, there's a last day of Sukkot, but going into the last day of of Shmini Atzeres Simchas Might see you ma'ater ha'ir. You're allowed to take out and mamish be ma'ater. Ma'ater is a Torah, like as a crown. You're allowed to model, like they have they have mannequins in a window. Back then, there were no mannequins. So the sellers themselves would put on the clothing that they wanted to sell so people could see what it looked like on a person. Ha'ir beperais. And you can even, and uh, if you're selling fruit, you can mamish put it out beautifully. Bishvil covered yom and so that people will be enticed to buy what they need for the last day of yom tif. covered yom in. Seems you're allowed to do business like that. In honor of Shmini Atzeres, but if you're ever not selling in honor of Shmini Atzeres, you're not allowed to do this. The Gemara's question on Ravuna is: Why is he telling the spice sellers go in your usual way, go to the market, do whatever you want to do? What do you mean? It says specifically only if you need it for the last days of Yom Tif. Says the Gemara. Let me tell you something. Like Kasha, Maybe there's a difference between. Fruits and spices. What does it mean? Buy fruits. We need to be more strict. Unless you're buying it for the last day, Yom Tif, not got to be done privately. Why? Because the fruit marketplace is a whole to do. Apples, oranges, celery, onions. Everybody's everybody, right. Everybody's looking out. But spices are much smaller. It's not as it's not as beautified, right? It's, it's, it's everything that's ground down. And therefore, just because a person is selling his spices in the usual way, it's not as much of a public zach. It's not as much of a public thing. And therefore, Ravuna allowed him. Bottom line, bottom line, just to explain, what the Gemara, the Gemara is accepting this answer. What we're walking away with is, if you're going to do business Cholamayid, it's permitted as long as it's needed for the Yom Tif, people for, for the Kavad Achag, but make sure that the way that it's done is toned down. Like you're not making a whole to do. Hadron Allah Mi Shahafach, Hadron Allah Mi Shahafach, Hadron Allah Mi Shahafach. Mouse loved everybody who finished the second parak of Misakta Maid Katan and Bezam tomorrow. We will begin the third parak uh, of Maid Katan at the same time, 6 p.m. Bezashem. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening, everybody.